Well, we're going to look again this morning uh, with the topic of Emmanuel. That's a, it's, it's one of the most beautiful names that I think there is. And, it's, and I, think, I guess I think it's beautiful because, because of what it means. Emmanuel, God with us. That's what it means. It's just a beautiful name. And as we've gone through this season, for me at least, my, my heart and my mind and my attention have continually come back to Emmanuel. So my reading, my studying, my preparation, so much of that keeps coming back to this very word, this very thought of Emmanuel. And so our topic of our message this morning is this, Emmanuel, the reality of God with us, the reality of God with us. Now, if you want to turn in your, in your Bible, I hope you have your Bible, but you can turn to Isaiah chapter 7. We're going to look at one verse, and this is, this is I guess I would say this is more of a topical message this morning. We're going, to, we're going to be all over the place. We're going to have a lot of scriptures. If you want to write down scriptures, you can always come back to that. I'll be glad to, I'll be glad to pass on my notes to anyone. But um, we're going to start with Isaiah 7, and then we're going to work through our, our, our passages this morning or our, our topic this morning. So Isaiah seven fourteen says this, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. It's the prophecy of the Lord's coming. This is a prophecy by the prophet Isaiah, spoken hundreds of years before the birth of Christ. And here we are worshiping the one who fulfilled the prophecy these 2,000 years later. We're, we're, we're here worshiping him. Hundreds of years before he was born, the prophecy was given. And here we are 2,000 years later worshiping God with us, Emmanuel. So Emmanuel has been on my heart and been on my mind this year. And as a result of my studies from this message, uh, preparing for this this morning, as we've been going through this, I'm making a new objective. There's a new objective that has come to mind in this. And, I, as I, and, and so here's what I'm going to do, and I would encourage you to think about doing this. So as I study, as I study through the Word of God, I'm going to start me a list, and, and I'm going to mine out these Emmanuel passages in Scripture. And they're all over Scripture. Emmanuel, God with us. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. Scripture, the Scriptures, now, now I say why am I minding out in Scripture? Because Scripture is where God reveals His desire to be with us. That's where we see this and that's where we're going to learn it. Why does He reveal that? Because And why do I go to the Scriptures? Because the Word of God is God's divine revelation of Himself and His redemptive work for mankind to to us, the object of his indescribable love. Now this, you know, when you think about Christmas and what Emmanuel means, about what Christmas is about, Christmas doesn't mean anything if we don't have the resurrection, okay? And, and, and without the resurrection, there's no hope for us to have eternal life. That is the only hope we have, is hope in a resurrected Savior, the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ. That is our only hope. And so I'm, I think I mentioned this last week, as we look to the cradle over here, as we look to the manger, and we, when we're celebrating the birth of Christ. Nowhere in Scripture does the Lord tell us, remember my birth. But we remember His birth because, you know, you don't remember... We don't remember through history people who made no impact. It's those who made impacts, presidents, kings, people who invented things, Einstein, people who made an impact. We were, the world over worships the Lord Jesus Christ because of what he did, because of who he was. And so he came, he came in a manger. He was born in a manger. He became flesh, but he went to the cross. 
We almost should have behind that, we should move that forward, and behind that, we should have an empty tomb. Because as we look to that, that's what we keep looking to. It's the empty tomb that makes the difference. It's what Jesus did for us. And He expressed, God expressed His love for us by sending His Son Jesus. Jesus expressed His love for the Father by being obedient to the will. And He expressed His love for us by coming and by living that sinless life and then going to the cross in our place and taking our place. And that's what Christmas is about. We talk about joy. That, that should be all we need for joy this holiday. We don't need trees and presents and gifts and the, the fellowships and the get-togethers. We had a fellowship last night. The highlight of the night was not the banana pudding, though that was good. The highlight of the night as it was as a group of people got around a piano and Jim played for us, and we sang and we sang Christmas hymns. Was that good? Those that were there, was it just? It's a blessing. It's just a blessing as we fellowship together around the true meaning of Christmas. It's that fellowship of the gospel. It's not just hanging out. It's it's fellowshipping around the gospel. And so we look to His Word, and within His Word, there's a common thread woven around this expression of God's desire to have a personal relationship with the crown of His creation. Today, let's take a journey through God's Word and see His most basic desire for mankind, and that is that He might be with us. Everything we see in Scripture is this desire for a relationship with us. So that's what we're going to look at this morning. So the first thing is this. This morning as we share some thoughts from this these special, we're going to look at, we're going to go on a little bit of a journey, and we're going to look for these Emmanuel passages, okay? So as we talk about Emmanuel, the reality of God with us. God with us. The first one is this. The reality, God with us is reality in Old Testament lives. Now here's what kind of spurred some of this. I've heard people talk about where, you know, when, when God with us, when Jesus came, that was like, that was when God was with us. Folks, God's, God's been, been coming and being with us and being in our lives long before that. Now, that was necessary, and it was unique, and it was special, and it was the way of salvation. But let's look at some things, that, because God was with us in this reality in the Old Testament lives. Adam and Eve, God walked with them in the garden. You remember that? With them. He walked with them in the garden. Noah. God said, I will establish my covenant with you in Genesis 9-9 and talking about the rainbow. To Abraham, he says, and I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. To Isaiah, he says, dwell in this land and I will be with you and bless you. I will be with you. Jacob, behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. Joseph, he said, and the, and the master, this is not just the, the, the Lord saying I'm with you, but it's, it's someone else observing the fact that God was in Joseph's life. And we see in Joseph in Genesis 39, 3, it says, and, and his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. To Moses, God said, I will certainly be with you. Moses was scared of going down into Egypt. He was insecure. He, he, he thought, you know, what am I to do? God said, I'm going to be with you. Wherever you go, I will certainly be with you. Joshua, as I was with Moses, he was with Moses the whole way. 
as with Moses, I will be with you and I will, I will not leave you nor forsake you. That promise was given then. That promise applies to us today. He'll never leave us and never forsake us. Praise God. It's one of my favorite promises probably in Scripture is the fact that He's promised to never leave us and never forsake us. We as His children, He is there. To David, He says, Yea, in, in Psalm 23, verse 4, says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. David said, Even in death. Even as we transition from this life into life eternal, you go with us through that. I don't have to fear. You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. David also said in, in Psalm 46, 11, the Lord of hosts is with us. He was with them. The, the, the God of Jacob is our refuge. Isaiah uh, chapter 43 to Isaiah, but now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who forged you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Jeremiah, do not be afraid of your foes, for I am with you to deliver you. So we see the reality of Emmanuel. We see God with us, even in the Old Testament stories, and, and, and God was with them in those times. We see God with us, a reality in prophecy as it's shared with us. When God the Son, Jesus, was born of a virgin in Bethlehem, it was a fulfillment of prophecy and was for the express purpose of redeeming mankind from our sin. That prophecy was given through Isaiah who offered God, uh, God's sign uh, to King Ahaz. So the, Isaiah gave this prophecy and he offers this as a sign to King Ahaz. And Ahaz rejected God in that day. And in his indifference, he led a nation of people into bondage and to slavery. Now, today, folks, we're given the same chance... We're given the same chance today to accept the sign that was given to us, and that is Emmanuel, God with us. Christ was sent, and we have the opportunity, if we haven't already, to put our faith and our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, in the one and only who can save us from our sin. And if we reject that, then, then we're, we're like Ahaz. Ahaz went into bondage and slavery. He's led a whole nation into that. Folks, there, there are families that have been led into bondage and slavery because, because of someone who rejected Christ and they led their family the wrong way. Do not make that mistake today. If you know the Lord Jesus Christ, continue on that. Keep your hand to the plow. Don't look back. Don't turn back. Don't turn aside. Drive the stake down. Don't back up from that. But if this morning, if you don't know the Lord Jesus as your Savior, today is the day of salvation. Not, to, not tonight, not tomorrow, not next week, because you're not guaranteed any. In fact, you're not guaranteed the next breath. You do not know when your time will come. God only knows. And if, you're, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, He has offered you everything has been done. I, I gave a book to someone I think Wednesday night. Now, I've shared this, this book with you guys. Every religion in the world, every religion in the world says you got to do this and do this and do this and do this. And then, you, you know, you hope, you hope that, you, that maybe you can get to heaven. You know, Catholicism, you do all these things. And, and they would even say you should believe by faith in Jesus. But is faith enough? And they'll go on, you go to their sites. No, it's, it's, it's really not. So you got to do this and do this. And it's works. And when you add works to, to Christ, you've, you've nullified that. You've nullified that. You've nullified the power of that because you've created a false religion. And so, so any religion that has works, you have to do something. 
It's a false religion. You've got either a cult or, or again, like I said, a, a false religion. The, the, the truth of it is, everything that needs to be done, only God could do it. We couldn't do it. There's nothing we could do to get to God. So God, Emmanuel, God came in the form of, of a person. He came, became part of creation. But He came, and He came in order to make a way for us. And everything that had to be done, our sin has been covered. Our, our, he has taken our place on the cross. The, 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 the righteous wrath of God has been satisfied. When we repent of our sin and we put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are saved. It's not when we repent of our sin and we turn from Jesus and we try to do good things and we get baptized and we, and we join a church. and you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, It's not anything else. And I hear people sometimes I'll ask them, you know, how, how, do, how do you know when a, how does a person go to heaven? And their answer will reveal that they believe works are still involved with that. Because, well, you got to believe in Jesus, man, you got to keep the Ten Commandments, and you, you know, you got to give money to. And those are the things you may have heard somebody say. But scripture is very clear. It, it, it is simply faith. There's nothing that we do. Everything that needed to be done has been done. Amen. It is by faith. And faith alone. It is God's grace that saves us through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. And so today, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, today you have that opportunity. You have that opportunity to acknowledge, I'm a sinner. I understand that I am separated from God by my sin. And, and so today I confess myself a sinner and I repent. I, re, I turn. I've changed my mind. I turn from me and I turn to Jesus. And I place my faith in him. And today you can do that. And the Bible says if you do that, you shall be born again. Amen. You shall be saved. And so do not, if you don't know Jesus today, do not leave here today without getting that right with him. Amen. Without receiving what he has offered you. Ahaz rejected it. Let all those people astray. We have the chance today to place our faith in the only place it can be placed placed for salvation, and that's Emmanuel, with God with us. If we also turn away, you know, we're going to be bound in that slavery. So when we come to the special prophecy of Isaiah in 714, we come to God's promise that he gave uh, his, his, his own son. Isaiah proclaimed on the inspiration of the Holy Spirit again in Isaiah 714. He said, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. The God who walked in the garden, who walked with Abraham and his descendants, who met Moses on the mountains and led Joshua into the promised land, who now, he, he would now come to earth in human flesh. That's the God who came. The same one who walked with them is the one who is coming to earth now in human flesh. Born of a virgin, fully human, and yet fully God. He was not, as I shared last week, Jesus Christ was not half God, half man. He wasn't some mutant. He was all God and all man. It was, it was you know, it, it, the picture is marriage, right? If you're in a 50-50 marriage, you're messed up. You're going to have problems. And, and if you're in a 50-50 marriage, I promise it ain't 50-50. It's usually 75-25 or 60-40 or some other number. Marriage ain't 50-50. Marriage is 100-100. And when we, when we join together, we join together and we become one. It's not just the physical union. It is a union that the two become one. And that's why divorce is so painful because you have to tear that apart. It is God has put it together. It is one. 
So when God came, he was fully man and fully God. That prophecy was fulfilled some 700 years later in the little town of Bethlehem, just outside of Jerusalem. And, and, but before Emmanuel was born, God sent the angel Gabriel to that young girl named Mary. And Gabriel's words, again, reminded us of our theme this morning, because Gabriel came to Mary and he said this. He said, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. The Lord was with Mary, and the Lord then was coming to be with us. Blessed are you among women, Luke one twenty eight. That is the reality of the fulfillment of God's promise, which takes us to the next reality. So God with us, reality in Jesus' birth. Matthew and his gospel revealed that Jesus was the perfect fulfillment of that divine promise when he wrote in, in uh, Matthew one twenty two and 23, says, so, so, uh, so all this was done that it might be fulfilled. Again, this is the fulfillment of this prophecy. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Mankind had lost sight of God. In the dark years between the Old and the New Testament, uh, they walked in darkness. They really walked in silence. It was a time where there weren't prophets speaking. God was silent in those years. I think it was somewhere, if I remember right, around 400 years that there was no word from the Lord. They were walking really in silence and in darkness. But just as surely as God promised Emmanuel, He also promised that the people who walked in darkness would see a great light. And they did. And that light was Jesus Christ. With that first cry of that newborn baby in Bethlehem, a world that was filled with darkness was given new light and new life and a new hope. God revealed that God's revelation of himself was not limited to a, a, a humble stable in a small Judean town. It continued in the life of the man who not only walked the shores of Galilee, but walked on the Sea of Galilee, who healed the sick, gave sight to the blind, raised the dead, and eventually was crucified for the sins of the world. God with us. God with us. The reality in Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. The Apostle John in his gospel tells us the story of his best friend and his Savior, Jesus Christ. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, John wrote, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's the reality of Emmanuel. God took up residence among his people. No longer would he come and, and it be a temporary thing. And that's what, before that point, that's what it, God was with them. But he would be with a special person. He would be with them. But now God would be with us. He would be among us. That's the reality of this. The creator, listen to this. The creator chose to become part of his creation so that he could show his creation the way back to their creator. Amen. Isn't, that, isn't that just a beautiful thought? And that's the reality when we talk about Christmas That's what this is. The creator chose to become part of his creation so that he could show his creation the way back to their creator. That's what this is all about. That's what God with us is all about. While there aren't uh, specific, these verses right here aren't specific God with us passages, I I want to share a few verses that reveal what Jesus did while he was with us. Peter said of his life, 
For, for to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. So the, the Lord gave us so much instruction. He gave us things that he modeled things that we can model, things that w- showing us how to live our lives. But as I shared last week, that's not the primary reason Jesus came. It wasn't just to show us how to live a life that we could get to heaven by living that life. Because the fact is, we as sinful man couldn't get there, and there's no way we could be like Jesus. He was perfect. He was sinless. He was God, and he made no mistakes. We could not do that, but he showed us. He gave us a model. He, he exemplified for us how we should live our lives. We shouldn't live our lives in any way that's contrary to what Jesus lived. Though I can't measure up to him in perfection, I can aspire to that, and that should be my goal and my desire is to be like Jesus. I should, that should be my goal is to be like him. Paul said of Jesus' death, But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That was his death, while we were still sinners. But long before we were born, God knew today us. He knew us. You understand, he's not captured by time. He he knew us before he ever... Listen, he he knew us before he ever moved in creation. And he knew we would fall into sin... And he knew if he moved in creation that he would also have to move in redemption. So the reality is Jesus knew, God knew, that if if I move in creation, they're going to fall and I'm going to have to send Jesus to die for their sin, to redeem them. I don't fully understand that, but I believe it. I can't wrap my mind around it. I think Pastor Aaron and I were talking this week. It's interesting how we we try to always absolutely define God. And understand God. How laughable. I, I have a simple mind. And, and my mind, it's a finite mind. And God is not finite. He's infinite. So how can my little puny little finite mind comprehend an infinite God? Well, I can comprehend by what he has revealed to us of himself. And those are truths that he's revealed to us. And so we can hold on to that. Of his resurrection, Paul wrote, For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Jesus himself taught his disciples of the sacrifice he had to make. They didn't understand until after the resurrection what it was that he had to do. But to assure them in his final moments with them, Jesus stated the promise again. And he says in Matthew 28, 20, he said, And lo, I am with you always. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This wasn't the first time that they had heard the promise. Jesus began preparing his followers for a day when he would no longer be with them physically. In John chapter 7, he spoke of the shortness of his time on earth. Then Jesus said to them, I shall be with you a little while longer, and then I, 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 I go to him who sent me. That's John seven thirty three. John 12, 35, Jesus addressed the crowd in Jerusalem just before his crucifixion. Then Jesus said to them, a little while longer, the light is with you. So, so the Lord, Emmanuel, God with us, came, and he was with them. And now the Lord is telling them, just a little while longer, the light is with you. Uh, walk while the, you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. John 13, 33, little children, I shall be with you a little while longer. You will seek me And as I said to the Jews, where I am going, you cannot come. So now I say to you. 
Just when it seemed that Emmanuel time would end, Jesus introduced his disciples to a new understanding of how he would be with them. And, and, and so our next reality is this, God with us, reality in the Holy Spirit. Jesus promised his disciples that he would not leave them alone. He promised to send the Holy Spirit to them. Now, is, is the Holy Spirit, who is the Holy Spirit? Let's get that out. He's God. You have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The, the, the Holy Spirit is not inferior in any way to God the, the, the Son or God the Father. The three coexist. The three are one. They're, they're, they're three manifestations of the one triune God. Again, if you fully comprehend and understand the Trinity, please come explain it to me. Okay? But again, I, it, 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 I, I believe it. And people say, I, don't, I just can't get my mind around it. I had one of our young people, one of our children ask us, who was that? Was they in here? Was asking me how, how somebody could be two things at once. And I asked him, I said, well, are you, a, are you a, a daughter? Are you a sister? Yeah. I said, well, how can you be two things at once? Made them think. Made them think a little bit. I don't fully understand that either. But I know it's true. And the Holy Spirit is God, and He is God with us. John 14, verse 16 and 17, And I will pray the Father, and He will give you another helper, that He may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him, for He dwells... Listen, this is, this is the beauty of this. He dwells with you and will be in you. So you, you see the progression of this? So we look back in the, in the Old Testament days. There were, there were people in those days that God was with them. He, he walked with them. He told them. He promised them. I'm not going to leave you or forsake you. I'll be with you. And then the prophecy came that God would come and be with us in flesh. He would, be a, he would come and be a man. And Jesus fulfilled that. Jesus came and he was with us. And it was God with us in every sense of the word. But even when Jesus was here as a man on earth before his death and resurrection, he was, he was, he was limited. He had laid aside. He wasn't, he wasn't doing all things for everybody at that point. He was with us. God was with us. But you see the beauty of this is the progression is now when he sends the Holy Spirit, Jesus was in one place. The Holy Spirit is, is everywhere. Yeah. The Holy Spirit's everywhere. And as a believer, now the Holy Spirit comes in. And he's not only, he says he dwells with you and will be in you. Boy, what's better to be, to, to, to be with God or, or to have God in you? Wow, what a, we, what a time we live in, Amen. We have the Holy Spirit of God, the presence of God indwelling us. We're the tabernacle. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. What an incredible thought. That personal presence of God in the person of the Holy Spirit is where we find our hope for living today. Paul described God's gift of His Spirit as a guaranteed deposit. In the Holy Spirit, God has made an investment in our lives, and that investment is Himself. Paul knew firsthand the reality of Emmanuel as his constant companion and his power for fulfilling God's plan for his life. In, in, in Acts 18, verses 9 and 10, 
Paul, Paul was, was in a bind and he's in a difficult situation. And God came to him and spoke to him, spoke to him in that night vision and said this, Do not be afraid, but speak and do not keep silent, for I am with you. Paul understood that. He understood that everywhere Paul went as a believer, the Holy Spirit of God was with him and went with him and communed with him and talked with him and, and, and led him and guided him. And we read that all through Paul's life where the Lord wouldn't let him go this way or wouldn't let him go that way. How do you think God did that? Through the Holy Spirit. Would not allow him to go north. Wouldn't allow him to go south. He had to go west. Drove him. Drove him west. The Holy Spirit did that. So we have the same today. We have the Holy Spirit leading us. We, we, we go, you know, how can I know this? How can I know that? How can I know what I'm supposed to do? Because the Holy Spirit, if you are a born-again believer, the Holy Spirit of God is indwelling you. As, you. as you seek in His Word, as you pray, the Holy Spirit of God will, will tell you. Now, it's great to... There, there's wisdom in counsel. There's safety in counsel. Wisdom. We know wise counsel. Getting wise counsel. But folks, Be careful. Who you listen to? You listen to the Holy Spirit of God. And if the Holy Spirit of God tells you to do something, don't let somebody else talk you out of it. And if the Holy Spirit of God tells you not to do something, don't let somebody else talk you into it. You hear from God in the decisions you got to make in life. Last thing, and we're going to be done here. Wow. Y'all remember this. This is true. I had six points. This is number six, and it has 15 subpoints. No, I'm, I'm kidding. We're, we're, we're real close here. No, verse six. Um, the, the, the last here is the reality in the, in the promise of heaven. When we talk about God with us, there, there's a promise in heaven, and we want to look at that. And this is the final reality of Emmanuel, the promise of eternity with him in heaven. From the creation of the world, God has been with his creation in one way or another. He walked in the Garden of Eden. He entered this world as a man in the stable in Bethlehem. He walked to the cross of Calvary. And here's what's great. He then, he rose from the dead and he walked out and left an empty grave. Amen. Amen. And he promised to return to get us. Maranatha. Maranatha. See, he, he came out of that grave alive. He, he ascended and he went back to, and he sits right now at the right hand of the Father and one day, one day, one, maybe one moment, maybe today, the Father's going to turn to Jesus and say, go get them. Bring them home. Trish, I look to you because I know your face lights up every time we talk about that. Maranatha, amen? I think it would be a good place to sing. What do you think? Anybody want to sing a little Maranatha? I, 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 listen, I got several people telling me we, we haven't sung it, Pastor. We need to sing that. Somebody was telling me it's my new favorite song. I said, that's awesome. Let's sing Maranatha, the Lord is coming. Maranatha, it may be soon. Maranatha, the Lord is coming. Maybe morning, night, or noon. Are you ready now to meet him? Are you what he'd have you be? Maranatha, the Lord is coming. Are you ready his face to see? Yes! If you couldn't say yes right there, today's the day. Today's the day. Today's the day. You need to be a part of God's family. 
He's coming again. Emmanuel, God with us, is reality. It was reality for them. It was reality in the prophecies. It was reality in Jesus' birth. It was reality in his life and his death and his resurrection. But it's also reality in eternity. See, heaven's promise is the final piece of the puzzle. For John tells us of the promise of heaven for those who believe. Revelation 21, verse 3. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And he will dwell with them. That's forever. That's forever. And they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. No longer will he have to come to us in that way. Because we will eternally be with him in his presence. God with us. Amen? Amen. What an incredible thing. Emmanuel, God with us. That is the greatest message of all. It's the message of Christmas. It's the message of every day. It's the message of hope. It's the message of salvation. God with us, Emmanuel. I hope this, this year, I hope, I hope you'll dwell on what, what we've been talking about and preaching about, about God with us and, and, and the, 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 the sight beyond the manger. We look to the cross. What Jesus did there, giving his life for us. We look beyond the cross because he didn't just die on that cross and then be buried and it was over. If that's the case, his bones are in a, in a tomb somewhere and folks, we're lost and we're hopeless. But he didn't stay in that grave. He did get up and walk out of that and leave an empty tomb. Praise the Lord. He ascended to heaven. And one day he's coming back for us. Christian, this morning, I think today is... Pastor Aaron, you can come. I'm sorry. Pastor Aaron, if you'll come. Brother Jim. We're, we're just going to have a time. You may... I, I don't have anything specific for you believers this morning. This is just time for worship. We're going to have a song. Maybe something that's been said. Something from our word. Something you see. As, as we think about the fact and the reality of Emmanuel. God with us. Maybe you just want to take a moment and praise Him. Maybe you want to come to the altar and have a moment of time praising the Lord. Maybe this morning, even through this preaching, the Lord has revealed to you there's some area in your life that you need to give over to Him. Some area in your life you need to confess to Him. You need to repent of it and turn from it and get your relationship back right with Him. What a great thing to go into Christmas with everything right with the Lord. Amen? So, so believer, that this invitation's for you in, in, in however God may lead you, a time of prayer, if you want to sing out in praise and adoration in the song of worship. But, but I, I just encourage you, respond to whatever it is God's doing. Now, if you don't know the Lord this morning, I, I, I think you've heard the gospel. I, I think I've, as, maybe not as clearly as I can, but I think I've clearly communicated the truth of the gospel this morning. And the fact is that without Christ, we're hopelessly lost. Hopelessly lost. Eternally separated from God. And this morning, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, as the Scriptures say, I, I, I plead with you to come forward. Not to worry about anything anybody else might think. Just tune them out because this is a time... That is between you and God. But if you'll come forward 
myself or someone else will take the scriptures and we'll just, we'll just walk you right through the gospel. And we can show you this morning how, as the scriptures say, you can know that you have eternal life. See, see Christianity is a no-so faith. It's not a hope-so faith. True Christianity is a no-so faith. You can leave here today and know that you have eternal life. I hope you'll respond to what God's doing in your life this morning. Father, uh, as we stand here in a moment, as we sing this song, I I pray that we truly engage our hearts and we sing this song and offer it back to you in worship. Maybe this morning there's something in our hearts that we need to come and leave at this altar. We need to put at your feet and leave it there. Maybe this morning we want to come forward and spend some time just praying and and praising you and thanking you for uh, being Emmanuel, for being God with us. You were with us then as you came to be a man, but you're with us even today in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, if if there's even one here this morning who does not have the presence of the Holy Spirit in their life, they've never truly been born again. They don't have that forgiveness of sin and that restoration of relationship with God Almighty. I pray that today would be the day. May they move forward, step out, step out by faith. And come forward and and let us introduce them to Jesus this morning. God, I just pray you'll work and move. That you'll do what what only you can do. In Jesus' name we pray.